Nova Magazine podcast. Here with me is the doctor of social media, Mr. Jonathan Bertrand. And um, so we're just going to start off with, you know, where he started, uh, where he's at and where he wants to go. So let's just start off with, you know, your, I guess, adolescence, your childhood, and then how that brought you to where you're at now. Okay. Um, so to start out, uh, I started with social media awareness when I was uh, 15 years old in high school. Uh, I was someone that dealt with online bullying uh, from what, 2010 to 2014 before I went to college. And I found that um, social media and awareness wasn't even talked about. And cyberbullying was still a taboo conversation amongst many of my peers. And we also realized too that, um, or I realized at the time, that you know there needed to be a discussion whether it was a hard talk soft talk whatever talk there needed to be something so i decided to create the conversation and not just create the conversation but put terms to match the conversation and then as an advocate not just create myself as the advocate but also in the pro in the process teach others um, so i've been able to do that uh, from my high school years and what i did in high school was actually partner uh, with my VP, uh, Lexington Cage, where we developed um, what we called the Jonathan Bertrand Anti-Cyberbully Act. And this was something to where we were basically trying to modify a law that was already in place. That was a double standard for schools um, who were implementing a policy called the Johnson Act. And basically, uh, students had to be in the same room as the bully. So someone like me, saw this and was like well hey this is a double standard you know that doesn't solve the problem you know nothing's being addressed so what is a no contract policy it's just no contact but a friend can do something if they're told uh so you know it only went up as far as uh, what a, a congresswoman but you know i knew the power of social media and um you know that leads me to college and that's actually how i started in my early years and I was able to develop something that helped a lot of people in my high school years. Okay, okay, that's that's good to hear. I, I like where you're going. That sounds like a like a ride. Um, so yeah. speak to me about the the university uh, that you went to. <laughs> Damn you <laughs> represent the great, the great Damn you high to Stephen Hills. Um, well, uh, where do I start? Uh, started what summer 2014. Um, you know went there. I was a part of the CEDAR program for students with disabilities. And uh, at the CEDAR program, uh, they made me feel very comfortable about, you know, problems that I was having, you know, grow the growing pains of an early college student. And realizing that, you know, as you grow in this environment, whether it's an HBCU, uh, co community college, wherever, um, it's all the same at some degree. Only difference is, is where you're at. Um, and the dynamic. So I was able to embrace um, the HBCU life in the community around me. Um, and uh, many individuals such as yourself hey. <laughs> who, saw me, who saw me in the early years of um, the movement that started it all, the social networking effect, what's your story, um, which kind of streamlined a lot of the conversations with individuals. And um, you know that tagline, what's your story, um, was all about the user of social media and me asking their questions, me wanting to know their backgrounds, and also how social media affected them from start to current date. 
And as we saw, and as you yourself, who was at the yeah. event, um, you there. know, you saw <laughs> a lot of different reactions from the crowd. Some people did know a lot of the tracking was going on. This was, mind you, what, 2015? No, 2016. This was 2016. Yeah. So, yeah, it was 2016. So in 2016, you know, the conversation of, you know, you being tracked on social media, a surveillance state, you know, uh, you were there. A lot of people were like, huh, yeah. what are you talking about? You know, there's no way. And I brought the facts. It was like, no, you may think you know social media, but it's happening right in front of you. The targeting ads, everything. And that was the catalyst. And we had close to, what, 30, 40 students there and one professor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was one of those things where, you know, mind you, I want to make this very clear. This was during, um, what, finals week. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Was, Look, I was tired. <laughs> so it was, my timing was not the best. <laughs> but we showed that it can be done. We showed that in a college level um, setting, we can have these conversations. And that was the whole point of having that event. It was the first event of any college. Um, and since then, uh, what, recently just had an event with the University of, uh, University of California, Riverside, um, this past week. And um, basically introducing the triple conscious theory, which introduces social media persona, uh, social media dependency disorder, social media awareness, cyber psychoanalysis, which is a play on Sigmund Freud's psychoanalysis. That's so that. these are the kind of things that, you know, I tell people when you see films out now, when you see all this stuff come out, you got to remember, it's one thing to be at the universities that created the problem. But when you're on the outside, like myself and many others, you created this logo. Oh, that shirt, that shirt real nice. <laughs> uh, I want to make sure people know hey. the logo that people see today yes. that is known internationally and nationally that are being used at universities. You know, he did me a solid and was like, yeah. John, you know, when I give you the phone call, don't forget me. And here we are today. Yes. But it takes people like Malik who understand that People like me, when I first started, you know, had, didn't have money, you know, didn't have, and I had literally had to pull yeah. it out of the air, but, you know, this is what this movement's all about. You know, the social networking effect, social media awareness is about finding a common ground in the online space and understanding that when you use social media, you're contributing. But the question is, how are you contributing to the equation? And remember, as you use social media, you're also building an online persona. And when you build that persona, that's a reflection of you. Hype, hype, uh, hypothetically speaking, that's your persona in real life. Because mm, that's okay. your thoughts, that's your words, that's your written word, and those are finite in that way. And people interpret differently how you post, what you say, and we're trying to reconnect with the common touch as best as possible so you know yeah that was my college experience left in 2016 uh that's a whole other story yeah but you know I'm, I'm glad things happened the way they did i did not finish college um but i do work with colleges consult um lecturing speaking engagements working with doctors currently producing research hey. publish at the college of creative studies work with the Ritterman Foundation at MIT for Disability Inclusion, introducing the disorder as a potential disability based on the American Disability Act. Yes. So we've been able to introduce a lot of things very quickly. Um, and it's conversations like this that allow me to have a platform. 
Oh, yeah, indeed, indeed. <laughs> Dang, I mean, there's so many points to, to touch on. Um, yeah. So let me start with this. Is people like losing their jobs based on social media an aspect of triple conscious theory? <laughs> okay, so this is actually something I just got then watched on Netflix called Decoded Bias. And uh, one of the big things and one of the big conversations today is how does social media affect employment mm. um, because of bias in the online world. And, you know, nowadays, and what I just got done watching about the Decoded was all about implicit bias in, in the online world. So the whole point of the social media persona the triple conscious theory was to show how African-Americans in 1903, W.E.B. Du Bois was explaining that, you know, it, it's well, what we call code switching, you know, yeah. back then they had to do in public, but never in private mm. because you can be yourself in private all you want, but in public, they're going to have bias towards you based on your beliefs, your backgrounds and more. And public acceptance isn't always accepted for what you believe and in the online world with artificial intelligence being introduced and all these different algorithms that you know are basically built by certain people you know it's bias and that's something to where with the social media persona you could tell very clearly there's bias all the way around mm -hmm. but one thing about the social media persona we're the ones that are feeding the platform but the difference is is when the platform feeds us mm, you yeah. know it's like, okay, you're influencing our decisions, which help us build a persona in the online world by building this advertisement, by building this, you know, nude stuff, you know, what's popular. And in reality, when you take all that away, you know, you're, you're losing reality for what it actually is. Mm. And what's reality in the online space isn't what's actually real. It's biased to yeah. a large audience. Hey, that, that's that's crazy that you say that now because that makes me think about you know even how I interact on social media and the things that I do and consciously and unconsciously uh, how I do it. Uh, that's that's wild, man. That's great. Um, so to add to that, I mean, you you, you know you have a book uh, yeah. out. How you I guess you know with your organizations you know the was it the Global Touch and the uh, social networking social effect. Media. Yeah, Social Media Research Corporation. That one, sorry. Yep. Um, <laughs> how are you integrating with universities and you know educating the people? Because this is you know definitely crucial information as technology is expanding into that space. Yes. Uh, so the way we've been integrating is starting from the basics. What is social media, and then what each platform is. But not just that, but as a user, how do you use it yourself, and mm. what are you currently using it for? And then we break down introducing the theory. So we introduce a theory of, okay, are you using your social media for the public reason? Are you private on social media? Private, because people think they're private on social yeah. media. Really, <laughs> you, just, you just limit what people see. But other than that, as long as they have your IP address and anything like that, you're public. Mm -hmm. So one of these big things that I always tell universities that I work with is that we got to start from the basics. And it's all about human psychology. That's all mm -hmm. social media is. What, what you want what triggers you, what makes you want to use, and what makes you want to click the phone to get on. And it's all about self-control, self-control. Mm -hmm. And when you give people impulsive, impulsive reasons to check, yeah. you know, they're going to they're gonna automatically click in, click in, click in. But 
when you put in blockers and say, hey, when you, when you know the reason why you're using social media, when you have an intention for using yes. social media, you'll find yourself balancing, balancing that lever scale of, okay, online versus in person. Because remember, relationships now have changed, yeah. friendships have changed, families have changed, and we're seeing people's true intentions in the online space. Mm. It's never, never in the reality that we physically live in anymore. Yeah. So before where we can defend ourselves and, and stick behind somebody, all they have to do is go through their post. And this is what I'm teaching universities. You know, if you're going to start in your freshman year, not posting something, not talking about politics. Yeah. I can assure you within the one, yeah. two, three, four years in the, the phase of using social media, you're going to be influenced a certain way. And these are the kind of things where my generation, as you saw, you saw things happen that yeah. I haven't even told you on the set. This never happened. This yeah. would never happen without social media. And yeah. we saw people get accused of all different type of heinous crimes that in reality didn't happen. Yeah. True, true, true. And th- there was a whole makeshift thing and group needs going on. It was oh, yeah. being thrown around. And when you actually got on the bottom of it, all they were, all the individual was trying to do is mess with the person's reputation in the online space. Because True. once it's out there, people believe the facts, and there's no follow up. And the, and these are the kind of things I'm teaching colleges to pay attention mm, to. Okay. Enrollment. When you go for an enrollment process, student admissions, they they don't check your they check your resume, but yeah. they go to social <laughs> facts facts. And, and, and mind you, the resume used to be a fine tailored document that, you know, okay, if the, the job shut down, or that was an old job, but it ain't there no more. It's your word versus theirs. But now social media is an everyday timeline of your personality, your behavior. They watch who you follow. So who do you follow? Says a lot about who you are as a person, but that doesn't always mean that's true. True, true, and true. So, these are the kind of things, you know, I'm literally working to this day as of tonight to yeah. work with universities from the East Coast, Midwest, West Coast, Germany, England, trying to figure out well, what is it even balance. And I know it takes a lot of data, but we're getting there. We're making progress. Okay. But it starts a conversation of what is the awareness and what are we making the awareness about at this very moment in time? Mm. We know it's employment for this conversation. Yeah. We know it could be you know, admissions for this conversation, but for employment purposes, oh no, it's shifting how people hire. And if you look at decoded bias, you know, they break down at um, companies such as Amazon, Microsoft, uh, and more where like, for example, uh, the, the individual said that when it came to facial recognition, you know, or resume recognition, if it highlighted women, for example, and it said you did water, women's water polo, anything with women in it, it would cancel the resume 100%. Whoa. And she was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And these are the kind of things where, you know, for what we're looking to do, we need to make people aware of this type of stuff. You know, like, okay, so you're telling me a whole company, a trillion-dollar company, eliminated almost a whole gender to a degree because of a resume. That was that yeah. was a, you know, basically implicit biased yeah. by an algorithm. And they saw social media and they pull all this data to figure out where exactly it's affecting you and how it's causing, you know, all these different little things that they try to pick and choose to give you a job. 
there's no human interaction. And that's the problem. Well, yeah, no, that brings me to the question, you know, cancel culture and also social engineering. Ooh. You know, <laughs> we got time, we got time. Oh man, okay, so, um, okay, uh, I'll start with the social engineering first. Okay. So the social engineering, you know, in the United States, this is all about capitalism. So our social engineering is about the dollar. If it doesn't make dollar, it doesn't make sense. Yes. But when you, have, when you have machine learning, you know, when you have algorithms that can push ads to Americans, because us Americans, that's what we're dealt with, you know, that, that that's all we get. It, you know, if we're, you know, we, we buy excessively. I went to Best Buy today, for example, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the, 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 uh, the advisor, because I just learned that Best Buy calls their employees advisors because mm. they don't make commission off sale. And he explained, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, he explained <laughs> to me, you know, like the differences between the companies. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, like Sony, for example, you know, it's very about the employee, very about privacy protection. And that's why you don't hear much about Sony having issues because they're all about integrity, integrity, integrity. That's why you don't really hear, see much advertising about Sony, unlike the others. But if you go to places like China, Japan, and you do research on that, you know, if all the data that they got, they make it very clear to you, hey, we're tracking you. Hey, we're doing this. We're, we're, we're really making sure that you guys understand that what you say online is going to affect you. They're in your face. In America, they try to hide it. And that's the problem. Because if you know anything about George Orwell, 1984, you know, you know exactly he had a whole line about that, about Big Brother's watching you. Yeah. And if you know anything about HBCUs, hey, and look, class, look. Hey. we have to talk about that. Clockwork Orange, yes, you know, all that stuff. Whole analysis. And these are the type of things where it's happening in real life. And this is all we're trying to do here at the Global Touch Foundation and Social Media Research Corporation is bring it to you directly, giving you an option and showing you this is what is happening. This is what happens when you post positively and this is when you post negatively. But also know social media can and will be used against you Mm. and they're not going to be upfront about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, for now, because you look at, you know, Europe and the, and the EU and their, their policies towards, you know, social media and data. So, you know, I, I think there's potential here, but, you know, for example, Facebook, they're fighting Apple over privacy because, you know, essentially, like you, to your point, they're trying to hide it. And transparency is key in the 21st century. If you, if you have transparency, people will flock to you. But the thing is, though, is that when you're when you're integrated in everyone's life day by day and you have more access to data than the government itself of that specific country. Yeah. You got to think about the type of power that that person has. And the whole point of any type of, you know, what decentralization, you know, is having power in your your usage of data, information and control. Well, when everything is centralized and, you know, like the central banks, for example, you know, that whole conversation about governments and the international monetary fund, you know, it's like, okay, you see what they, you see what they fund, they have it on their website, you know, but you know, they're all about, okay, how can we help countries build, you know, with this loan that we give you, 
But over time, it's like, okay, well, when you introduce things like crypto, when you introduce things like Ethereum or Cardano, all these different yeah. things, and you got new venture capitalist funds being built in the online space, and people are jumping because social media hypes it up times 100, mm-hmm. unlike a regular bank that would normally put a bulletin out publicly or an ad out where it may be only 10x instead of 10 100. You know, the moment you say, oh, I can control my own, you see the reaction and you see how governments try to regulate. You see how things come into play. And this is what I always tell people. The day that they officially, officially say, you know, here in the United States, we're going to advocate for social media awareness or whatever, educating you on all all things social media. And that does come up. I can assure you. As things happen in other countries with the tracking and the monitoring, it's already happening in England. They have vans on the outside of buildings, literally with cameras, with facial recognition that literally go through police databases. Mm. And within, within 30, oh yeah, like it, it, oh, watch that, watch decoded, okay. decoded bias. I'm looking watch into that. It. And they literally showed how quickly they, they, they mismatched people. And they had this African-American fellow on camera and they showed that like they got it on camera that that yeah. literally within that time frame they misidentified him in their police database based on the algorithm. Yeah, because I, I want to speak to that a little bit. It's you know it's interesting in terms of data and AI and things like that because you there's bias there because essentially a certain group of people, I you know white people. They, they made those platforms. And so it's looking from that yeah. perception because I was reading an article about uh, a young woman working for Google in their AI department. And she was trying to essentially mm-hmm. let them know that there was bias, but Google was like, yeah, we know, but uh, just don't tell everyone that it's there. And so you, you should leave the company, you know what I'm saying? You know, essentially. Well, oh, leave the company, they terminated her. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> they terminated yeah. her. Yeah, but, yeah, but, right. but, but but that's the thing though but that's the thing it's when the companies become more powerful than the government mm-hmm. that's that's the problem and you know when and mind you we're still in the first 20 years of this you know it's like yeah ai's been around since i believe the 50s believe yeah. it or not at, at dartmouth university that's where the fathers of ai came from mm-hmm. but if you look at who created it and they even say this in the film all white men you know and these are the type of things where you know, they say that um, with AI, a lot of it is literally built off learned behavior. And um, it was just, uh, there was an owl that Microsoft created on Twitter called Tech. And <laughs> literally, it be, uh, they, they showed a clip of like what type of post and what the owl was actually saying. And it was, became a racist. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was basically uh, misogynistic, they said, towards women yeah. and very vulgar, like very vulgar. Mm-hmm. And it all it did was learn what the online space was doing at that time. So they were like, OK, if Al is built off of past experiences, what you know, it, it, it has to be regulated. So what they did was to give credit to Microsoft, um, they went to Microsoft and she said that they literally changed their data and whatnot, and what they found was that once they recorrect some things in the data based off the bias, yeah. they were able to kind of even out the playing field and the African-Americans weren't misread and they were actually able to be read as the white individual, but they had to go in and correct it and they had to monitor it. 
So these are the type of things where I always tell people, even as users of social media, that's the same exact thing. We're building our own algorithms from within. Only difference is, you know, we're the, we're the human computers that are feeding this. And every human that interacts on our profiles, that's the same exact thing. We're the human owl version of the internet. But we're giving the internet all the data and whoever reads our information, you know, we're either giving them a bad bias or a positive bias. And it's, for, it's up to us to determine how we want to use this platform. And every platform is different. And if you don't know the platform, I, I urge you to learn the platform. So you don't end up in that pool of, well, I posted this 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that yeah. Was, that's you true. end that's... up losing your job because of it. Yeah, man, that, that's that's wild. But yeah, so I guess to kind of dive a little bit deep, what do you think about, you know, Black people getting into social media and also AI? How would that, I guess, change the field or that, that, that you know, the place? Well, I mean, it, it's awesome. I mean, Black in tech is great. You know, I love hey, it. Um, yeah. I, I love working with people. Shout out to my Black in tech family, um, which is a real group we have. Um, but you know, it's a, it's a thing, you know, I mean, it's a cultural thing. And when you bring diversity into a space that was only meant for the people that can afford computers or people that can get into these Ivy League schools, mm-hmm. where you can tell with all the, the films that are coming out, <laughs> history, you know, where they're from, you know, it's people like us where, you know, you saw a black kid from FAMU, HBCU. Yeah. You know, we, we don't we don't have millions of dollars at our disposal. That's true. <laughs> you know, sure. We have endless amount of money to develop whole million dollar programs to explain this. But, you know, with African-Americans supporting other African-Americans, you know, hiring African-Americans to do the work, yes. you know, and when opportunities like this come, you know, giving opportunities to those that are less fortunate and realizing that just because. I come from a certain area. I mean, I was fortunate enough to go to a nice school, you know, damn you. Nice hey, yeah. And also, you know, give other people opportunities along the way where they have may never been introduced to an opportunity like what I've had. And even if it's just, hey, create a graphic, you know, for the movement, you know, or, hey, help me create a slogan or, hey, help me design the website. You know, it's all about opening doors for people. And if you're going to close doors on people, you're only hindering the next generation from developing the next solution. And I always let people know that if you're going to hinder, step aside, because there's people like me, you, and many others that you saw behind me that were pushing us forward when companies tried to stop us, when universities tried to stop us. And when, when the cause is just, people will support and I always tell people that if you're going to do anything in this space, in the online space, have a purpose, have a reason, and have an end of why you're doing it. True, true. Dang, yeah, spitting straight facts. Uh, so this is just a question, a little bit off, yeah. but would you create your own social network? <laughs> that's, the, that's the billion dollar question. <laughs> um, okay, so, okay, okay, hold up. Let, let, let's get technical. So do you meet having my team manage my account and I spam back and like, I don't touch it. Like, do you mean that? Or do you can see I'm, I'm getting technical with you. Yeah. Or do you mean Jonathan Bertrand, pioneer of social media awareness, literally deleting like no footprint accounts off. Is that deep? Well, more so in the sense, like 
create, you know, creating your own space, like like a, a black owned Facebook, for example, or your own Facebook or Discord or Twitch or whatever you want to, you know, call it, but that type of social network. Oh yeah, I mean no. If if the, I mean okay, <laughs> see see if, if the option came and someone came to me and I had the financial backing and know how mm-hmm. and I could fund it all myself and be like, sure, I see this as the future of social media, you know. Oh, all the way. But being the person that I am, I would make sure there are guidelines. I would make sure mm-hmm. people know we have an awareness attached to this. Everyone that signs up will need to sign this agreement. You know, it's not just going to be bedded into the terms and conditions that are 90 pages long. You know, I really want people to see it front and center. And these are the type of things that I'll be advocating for in the future, whether it's Congress, the Senate, whether it's the mayor's office. Uh, This is where we're working towards partnering Mm. with lobbyists, legislators to get these type of things, you know, to actually be done. So companies are held liable. And or and or they have something put in place, a preventer, because there's no prevention right now. There is no prevention. You can't be reactive every single time. You got to have prevention. And that's something where, yes, if it came to be, I would do that in a heartbeat. No problem. Well, like you said, black and tech. So I think it's uh, a possibility of that actually happening. You never know. Well, hey, someone has to put the funding up, right? <laughs> yeah, true, 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 true. We, we could talk about that off camera, but <laughs> yeah. but yeah, no, okay. So to uh, to pivot, mm-hmm. where do you you know see this going in in the future? You know, okay. So where I see this going in the future, uh, just as a researcher, as someone that's building a national team from high school to colleges, um, I see this uh, basically addressing the social media persona through thorough research, quantitative, um, and making sure that we literally develop the meaning, the theories, the purpose, and not just numbers and data, but also programs to address this. Um, So yeah, um, yeah, we're, I I would say the goal isn't to be number two, number three, it's to be number one. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Number one. Um, you know, so I'm letting that be known on record uh, to be number one in the research, but not just number one, but number one, as in like, I want to partner with companies like Johnson and Johnson. I want to partner with, you know, military organizations such as the Air Force Laboratory, you know, uh, or Air Force Research Center, you know, places that are interested in this type of work. Yes. Um, and if you look at my social media, they're public, they're there, they have reposted our work. Um, so these are the type of things where, you know, Many people say that's not an endorsement, but for the millennial, (laughs) the millennial, that is big. Um, And for something that has not been said in the public on a mass scale, um, that's where it's going. And, you know, we're creating the preemptive research for this. We're defining in the 21st century what the social media persona is, not just as users, but as people that are looking for solutions. Um, and we're also focusing on each each section, so meaning every time zone has a different usage for social media. It affects everyone different on the West Coast than does the East Coast, and people don't think that way. Mm, you know, true, true. Yeah, yeah, and this is the kind of stuff we're seeing. So as we grow, as we develop, as the partnerships come, we're looking to expand, and we're looking to expand quickly, but also effectively. Mm. 
Makes sense. Makes sense. I like that. So my other question is, my follow-up is, are there any more books coming? <laughs> yes, 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 they are. There are. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the goal is to eventually have books for cyber-psychoanalysis, uh, the triple conscious theory. So basically what you've already seen um, yeah. is just having books catered towards those conversations mm, okay. and then making sure that we're able to thoroughly, you know, break it down for the common day user um, so they understand it so it's not too complex. Um, but our most recent book is the triple conscious theory or the, uh, the theoretical framework yeah. uh, for social media dependency disorder and breaking that down. And we address all those terms. We introduce yeah. it and then we break it down, uh, genetic sequencing. So we even break that down. How does social media affect your genetics, um, your genetic makeup? And we're looking to find out what the genetic sequence of someone dependent on social media is, mm. and, you know, at the peak. You know, at the peak velocity, right before they snap, which, I mean, yeah, to some people it's crazy, but nah, you, just like me, I was one of those people. I got, I was fortunate to get help, mm-hmm. you know, but oof, if I didn't, who knows what I would have done. And that's the kind of thing I always tell people, social media is the abyss. And if you don't address it, if someone isn't in the know, you will get sucked in so quick. It's hard to get people out of that when you can't disconnect. No, like you're, you're spitting straight facts in the, in the sense where, for example, influencer marketing, you think about that, that, that is the, the pinnacle of that because these people yep. are influenced every, all these other people to do a certain thing. Like it's just social engineering, but for one person to buy X, Y, and Z product, like it's crazy. Well, and mind you, and mind you let's, just, let's get deeper on that. Okay. The, 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 the influencer is just a influencer of a product mm, okay. for themselves. So mind you, there's there's individuals that you know that I've known that, that I've told you <laughs> you see I've told you what was gonna happen. It yeah. happened mm-hmm. before it even happened, yeah. and that was because I knew the burnout. I knew that eventually they're they're they, the lifestyle that they're trying to keep up isn't gonna last. Yeah. And when you use social media, and I don't even know if you know this, but did you know some countries are actually giving out passports and permissions for people to travel? as influencers like influencer passports did you know that no but i i know now yeah google that <laughs> they were doing that and they probably well not the pandemic but no they were doing it and and the problem was they had to keep they had to keep creating because or they would lose their visa yeah so they would come to the state and they would basically have to be influencers because it's considered a job you're getting paid and let's say they stop let's say they're like i'm tired and i you know, you got to make over a certain amount. So yeah. what happens then? You get sent back. So now you're under pressure. Now you're stressed. Now you're depressed because now, oh, gee, if I lose partnerships, if I say the wrong thing, what's going to happen? True, true. What's going to happen? And then, and then if that's all that you know, and you skip your whole teen years, and you go into your real life, oh, you miss college. You know, yeah, you miss true, the, true. the highlight of your years. You know, what, what's going on now? So these are the type of things I want people to think about that either though, even though you're an influencer, there's levels to this. Even though you're just a user of social media, you're not just a user. You're a product of social media. Yeah, man. It's, just, it's, it's a lot, man. Um, so where can people find you, support you, and, you know, just check out what you're doing? Okay. So uh, what you can do, 
Um, you can go to my social media account, uh, Jonathan M. Bertrand, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-N, as in Nancy, B-E-R-T-R-A-N-D, my legal name. Hey. And you can also go to socialmediaawareness.org for more information. And that's how you can support and you can donate on the website too. And, um, you know, please leave us your story. We got contact information where you can write your story to us. Um, and everything that we get, we do keep anonymous, so we will not mention your name. Um, but if we want to use your story, we'll reach out and we'll ask if we can profile you um, to actually get your story. And if you would like to be featured, of course, waivers will be signed for permission. But yes, um, you know, we're trying to get back into that advocating mode on a national scale. Now that COVID is kind of, you know, we're, they're opening things up again and we're yeah. able to kind of get back into reality. And like I said, thank you, Malik, for always supporting. Thank you for, you know, taking taking one for the team many times when I'll give you the phone calls late at night. Yeah. And um, I do appreciate it. But glad I can be on. And, um, you know, this is just the beginning. And remember, one post can change the mind. One comment can change a generation. Thank you. Well, thank you for, you know, coming on the show. And I, you know, I appreciate you. And then, you know, we, we could talk afterwards. I have some ideas. Um okay. But uh, this is the end of the podcast. Please subscribe, like, and uh, check the post notifications. And I'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you.